Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Happy Tuesday on The Daily Family. This is your host, Danielle pumped about this interview that is coming into your ears in a few minutes with my friend Madison Ciccone. You may know her as Maddie. You also may know her as Mads Tads. She is a master soul cycle instructor. She is a podcaster. She's the host of Mads Tads Beyond the Bike podcast. She is the founder and creator of Wicked Fearless, which is a course for kind of finding you know, your path in this beautiful, crazy, chaotic world. She is so many things. She's a business owner. She is a brand master on social media. And she's also one of my very good friends. Her and I have known each other for, again, the better part of a decade. She's one of my soul cycle people. We talk about it in this episode, but I never intended for this podcast to be just so very heavily focused on soul cycle instructors. But I do find that my friends that are soul cycle instructors, some of them have the most incredible, most genuine stories. And I just think that when people have stories that need to be told, stories that can help other people, we tell them. And for a lot of that, that's a lot of soul cycle instructors in my life. So I am grateful and I am blessed to have these people in my corner. We talk about everything in this episode. We talk about the pandemic and what that did for our personal lives and our professional lives. We talk about energy and what to do with it. We talk about what to do when you think that you're on the path you're on and then you realize that your path is going to change and how to navigate through that. How sometimes the things that feel the worst can actually be the best thing for us. We talk about everything. I just love this girl so much. I love her authenticity. I love how crazy she is. I tell people all the time, you know, if you've never taken Mad's class at SoulCycle, she teaches in Boston. And people ask me what her class is like. And I literally tell them, if you have ever been to a rave and worn fuzzy boots and a unicorn costume, then you know what it's like to take her class. And it is every part of that. It is so amazing. The energy is electric. And I just adore her. So I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Okay, so a few weeks ago... I was asked to try Organifi, which is a superfood company. And I am always down to try things that are good for me. And I have been using their red drink and their gold drink. Their red drink is all of your essential reds. Your gold drink is all of your turmeric and things that help you kind of wind down at the end of the night. I've been using them for a couple of weeks now, and I've really noticed a difference. I eat a lot of fruits and vegetables as it is, but having a dedicated red drink to make sure that I'm getting all of my beets and reds, raspberries, apples, all of my reds, fruits and veggies into my system very quickly. And then having a turmeric infused drink to have at night to calm me down and get my head away from any of the stress that's happening in my life. I'm obsessed with these products. I think you will be too. If you are interested in giving them a shot, head over to Organifi.com. Use my code on the daily for 20% off. And let me know what you think. I'm loving them. So give them a shot. See if you like them too. Hello on the daily family. This is going to be a fun day. This is my friend, Madison Ciccone. What's up? 
I love that you're the friend group that know me as Madison. That means you're like OG friend. Well, I know you're Maddie. Everybody calls you Maddie, but like, I don't know. I've just always called you Madison. I'm not. SoulCycle gave me that name and it just took off like wildfire. Oh, wait. I remember that. I remember remember when they took. Yeah, you were like, no, I want to be Madison. And there was already. And they were like, no. Who's not with us anymore. So. Right. So now you're just Maddie at SoulCycle. Or Mad Sad in the streets, you know? Who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, (laughs) hi. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the show. I'm excited. Me too. I start every episode with a clearing. So we're going very Lululemon. So what do you need to clear? Anything you need to clear? I need to clear my resistance to how cold it is today because I'm going to teach and it was negative 16 this morning. So... I probably need to clear that. Wow. And you're outside? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Right? So let's clear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's clear that. I need to clear that I am going to do this entire episode with this puppy on my lap. <gasps> <laughs> that's, that's like not nobody... even a clear. That's like a, that's like a. I know, but she's like not tired right now. And so she's like, I want to go everywhere. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't go everywhere. You have to just sit here. So there's a puppy on my lap. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. So I am really excited about you being here for like many reasons. The biggest one is a, like we've known each other forever. B, you, you know, this podcast is all about just like being acoustic and being authentic. And I think one thing that you've always done very well is, stick to who you are. You don't compromise that for anybody. But before we like get too far into anything, tell everybody who's Maddie. My name's Maddie. I am a soul cycle instructor here in Boston, Massachusetts. I have a podcast called Mads Tads Beyond the Bike. And I've been in Boston for six years. I lived in LA. I've went from like Hollywood assistant to cycling and doing the fitness and coaching and, and the podcast and all the things. So I just feel like I've lived a hundred thousand lives in the last decade. Honestly, can you believe that in the last decade? I feel like I've just, I've lived it. I've done it. I love just telling different stories about failure and how that can be your highest octane fuel and just connecting and cultivating community and hanging out. I mean, that's kind of like the very chill Judy Bloom version of, what I am and what I'm showing up as, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people see you and like the outside and they're like, oh my gosh, Maddie Madison is so outgoing and crazy and everything is always rainbows and it's great. And, you know, and it's not that you're even putting that into the universe because you're actually very authentic, like on social and stuff. But I think like you just have this thing about you that is keep going, even when it sucks, keep going. And so tell me about some like, some like shit that you've gone through that like has really tested you. Like if you could pick a couple things in the last decade, tell, tell me some stories about just like pushing through when it's, when it's shitty. I think that's really what creates this like thread of what you're made of, this like fiber of your being and, and how you show up it, you really can pull from those moments. But I mean, the ones that I can really think of were, 
you know, not knowing what your calling was as a young girl in Hollywood and constantly getting let go from these high profile digital marketing, whatever you're in the middle management. So of course, if there's any sort of financial crisis, you're the first one on the chopping block. Doesn't matter like how good you are, your work ethic, anything. It's just like, you're good. And kind of normalizing the culture of, you know, you're going to fail and you're going to get let go from jobs and you're going to take a job that is not going to serve you and it's not going to be the end of the world. So that is a huge thing I like to talk about and pull from really public failure for me. I was not making Patriots cheerleading. I love telling that story and like being sick as a dog on the way there. And Erin Lindsay called me and little did I know she was like wasted the night before. And I took her like words as like doctrine. And she was like, unless you are puking, you better get up and go to that audition. And I had like the full blown flu the whole time and I made it. And then I got cut at the end. And that was like a very public failure. Cause I was, you know, that was within the last two years. I had a lot of followers. People were invested in the journey. And then I had to kind of like pull my big girl pants up and, and march through it. So I guess a lot of the things that have happened have been like moments of, do you pull up your pants and keep going and trudge through it and, and find the blessing in it? You know, is this breaking me or is this building me? And I just chose to see through the lens of how is this building me? Something I've been talking about with my dad a lot lately is like, I guess it's like not like, I don't know if it's appropriate or not, but whatever. I call it like the war chest. Like what's in your war chest? I guess you could call it a toolbox. I guess there's probably other cool fluffy things to call it. My dad's kind of old school. <laughs> yeah, my dad's old school. So he's like, you know, it's just another thing in your war chest, girlfriend. I just feel like it's done a lot of living. It hasn't always been fluffy and pretty, but I think, I don't know, there's something in me that turns it into that or always tries to find the positive or the the spinoff that it's building you and not breaking you because like, what's, what's the other option? What's our other option? I remember when you were going through the Patriots cheerleading thing. And I know like you're a huge manifestation girl, right? Like you're a Gabby Bernstein yeah. girl, like you manifest everything you want in this life. Right. So it was clear, like you were manifesting that so hard. And I, I could see it like in your mind, it had already happened. You had already done it. It had already, you were already a Patriots cheerleader and you were very public about that. And so when you didn't get it, did you ever have a moment where you were like, wow, I wish I wouldn't have made this as public? I don't think that thought really occurred to me. I think it was just more like, shit, this is who you are. These, these, like, you know, I say this quote a lot, this little hashtag a lot, no me without you, because I don't think of the people that follow me or my writers as like fans or fangirl. They are so much a part of who I am and what makes me neat. Like they're literally like, like part of me on a cellular level. And I was like, it was kind of like, I owe it to show all the different sides. And I think a lot of, I've talked on a few panels where people have been like, that was the moment where I was just like, that girl is like, there's something else there because I was like, God, I got to get online. I got to cry it out. I remember even in that moment, driving home for two hours, I had three sold out classes the next day. And I was like, there's other girls that number got skipped over who are walking out to nothing. And I'm walking out to so much. So yes, this experience is total suckage, but look at 
what then I get to go do. I get to go like use this experience to supercharge someone else's day tomorrow. And to this day, I wish Danielle that I recorded those classes because I think they were some of my best classes I've ever taught. They were like so raw and so real. And you know, as an instructor, there's just certain times where I always think of like an Angela Davis, like it's literally drops into you like from a divine place. It is coming from somewhere else. And that was very much a day like that for me. I, I wish I had recorded it to this day. I think that a lot of people listening, you know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that do a lot of manifestation work and, you know, they, they write down their goals. And, you know, if you don't do that, you should start, you should start writing things down and affirming what you want in this life. Cause it's not going to happen if you, if you don't do that. But I think that there's probably people listening to this that are like, no, 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 I do that though. I do affirm and I do put it out there and then it still never happens. And I think you're just like a really good example of like, okay, and keep going. You know, because I think sometimes people think that like what they affirm is what exactly is going to happen. And I know, I mean, I know you know this about me. I've affirmed so much in my life and it has gone completely the other direction, right? And then that direction actually ends up being the best thing that could have ever happened to me. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, I think that we like, sometimes we get really focused on, no, I am affirming that this time next year, I will drive a Lamborghini. And like, yeah. you don't drive a Lamborghini. <laughs> and then you're like, well, fuck manifestation. Clearly it doesn't work. What would be your words to those people? Well, I think there's also like the manic manifestation, right? And Gabby talks a lot about that. And and so many other people, if we follow, I'm sure we both follow a lot of the same people. It's the difference between those, like this random lofty, like goal, you know, something like I'm going to have a Lamborghini or I'm going to have a house, a $20 million for a house in Malibu or whatever the hell it is. I think of that, like your grand, like big, like up in the cloud dream. And then it's like, okay, but how do you get up there? You have to take these like action item steps or like, what is the jump around look like? Or like you said, for you and I, you're going to come up against those adversities and those roadblocks. And, you know, I use this example a lot to you. Like, I think some people, when they get off course, they think it's like, oh no, I'm off course. Like my life's over. Like everything's over. Like, oh my God. And I always relate that to ways, right? When you're driving in your car and like, if you take the wrong turn, your GPS is in like, you're fucked. Like you're going to die. It's just like rerouting. I use that all the time because it's so true and it's so relevant, but we treat our life like that, right? So I think it's great to, so two things, I think it's great to have those lofty, big manifestation because that's what keeps you like excited. Like, oh my God, that could be a possibility. Like manifestation is so big. It could be so wide. Like you are your biggest superpower and like shoot the moon because why not? You know, you might land among the stars. You might land somewhere you never thought you'd land and that might be better than that silly dream you had over there. And I think it's just your ability to keep rerouting, keep pivoting, keep shaking it off and like stepping up again. And that's not easy. It's super challenging. And you have to find it somewhere in your soul, like that hunger to not quit and not give up because you're in the business of bettering yourself constantly and you want more for yourself. Right. I mean, we could even take that back to you moved to LA not to be a soul cycle instructor. You had no intention of ever being a soul cycle instructor. 
Never. I never intended to be a soul cycle instructor. And I think that's part that people have no idea about. Like I moved to Hollywood because I wanted to run Capitol records, but while I was in college and we're pretty close in age, like the entire industry changed. There was no being the CEO of Capitol Records. Now it was like Spotify and Napster. I don't even know, LimeWire, whatever we had at the time, blew a hole, blew a hole, you know, like 10 years ago, Uber, all these companies didn't exist, you know? And when I moved to LA, it was very much that everything was changing, that boom of technology. And I was working in Hollywood. I wanted to be, I mean, I worked a myriad of jobs, but my goal was to be like a corporate person. Even when I got hired as an assistant manager at SoulCycle, my goal was to work at SoulCycle Corporate and do like marketing, you know? (laughs) You always used to say that. So for those of you who don't know, Mad and I met because I was a new instructor-ish. I was like a new-ish instructor. And like she came to work the front desk at West Hollywood SoulCycle in WeHo, California. And she's like, yeah, this is just, you know, I'm just here for a little bit. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be in corporate. And I was like, sweet. Yeah. I was like, sweet. Get it. (laughs) Like do, do you. Whatever. So like, what was that? I mean, I'm sure so many people have heard your story, but I don't know if anybody in my network has heard your story. So then talk a little bit about like, how did that goal change? Like when you did realize you wanted to be an instructor and what that was like? Cause I think sometimes people feel that if they switch directions, that they're not being truthful to like what they may be set out to accomplish when really maybe it's actually just putting you more on the path you were meant to be on. I mean, that's exactly what it was. And I had, you know, I had this whole plan, what I was going to do. And you're a huge part of this story. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember. Did you teach a 7.30 class or an 8.30 class? Was it an owl? 8.30 p.m. on Tuesday, Thursday. Okay, y'all listening, like, I don't know how long you've been in the world of soul, but we used to have these things called owls, which were 8.30 p.m. classes. And Danielle had one at West Hollywood. And she was super, I think you were super pregnant at the time. And you were like, Mads, I... You're like, I will die if I ride this class. I will die. And I was the manager. And like, the coolest part I think about soul is being and being a manager and being in the studio is you really get so much responsibility and you really do get to think on your feet and you get to like, you are in it. You are learning in it. And I was like, okay, well, I'll ride your podium. And you were like, but you've never done before. I'm like, we'll figure it out. It'll be fine. And I remember I was like, okay, we'll do this. Like I got the key holder here. The guys, uh, we had like, the we had the best staff at WeHo and like everybody knew their job. And I was like, okay, everybody just do your damn job. We'll get through this. We'll close the studio and like, we'll all leave and life will go on. And I get on your bike and you're about to teach and you turn to me and you're like, have you ever done a waltz before? And I was like, what the fuck's a waltz? (laughs) And you played played that Justin Timberlake song to this day. Like, I it will go down in history. It was the one that's like, I can't drink you away. Oh, yeah. yeah. So long story short, I I rode Danielle's bike. And then I started riding bikes for anyone and any everyone who would let me. And, you know, I was riding for all like the greats. And then a lot of people were like, why don't you try it? Like why you literally ride podium for everybody all the time. Like, why don't you just give it a shot? And that was something that was said to the point where like, 
you can't not honor that call. It was just like the itch was like too aggressive to scratch. And so I auditioned and I made it. And, you know, then I went to New York and I did all that stuff, which we will or will not talk about. That was basically the gist of kind of how the soul journey took a complete pivot and a complete different turn from anything I could have ever imagined it to be. And like, I think, you know, too, Danielle, he's like, you have no idea what you're in for when you get into it. You have no freaking clue. And by the way, this was again, you started like a few years before me, I think. And it was just like, again, like social media didn't exist. Like you didn't have to work your business on social media. You just had to throw like an amazing class and create a community in person and go to like Equinox and wherever. Yeah. That's back when we used to ask people, do you have an Instagram? Yeah. Or like we were handing out paper cards, like come take my class. Like we were beating the pavement. I remember funny story when I was a manager, I remember having to put a bike, a yellow bike, by the way, a yellow bike into this van underneath Equinox in West Hollywood and drive it to like Kitson on Robertson and sit outside Kitson with a bike and do like a, I don't even freaking remember what we call it. Like a demo. demos and I know you did that too (laughs) oh yeah I did that for Lululemon so many times yeah I think that the thread here it's so funny too because when I started this podcast I really had no intention of it being like everybody all my soul cycle friends but honestly a that nobody realizes the work that goes into doing this job b people don't understand that most people who are fitness instructors and I'll say specifically soul cycle instructors because those are my people None of us had any intention of actually being soul cycle instructors. Like soul cycle instructing. Not one of us. <laughs> it was the gateway though. Like I, I feel like for me, becoming a soul cycle instructor was the gateway for me to really realize what I was called to this planet to do. That was like one of the first times I remember going, Oh, okay my non-negotiables in this life of motivating people, helping people to live their best lives, promoting a healthy lifestyle. They exist here. And for me, it's never been about the bike. It's never been about teaching somebody the proper way to do a tap back. I really could care less. Like if you, if I teach you how to do a tap back and then you choose to do it wrong your whole life, like that's you, that's your choice. That's your truth. (laughs) But I'm here because this is another way for me to like do what I'm here to do. And I know that you feel the same way because you're in, you have your toe in so many different things. So like what, what would be authenticity? If you think of like the ways in your life that you are the most acoustic or authentic, first of all, what does being acoustic mean to you? I would love to hear your definition of it. I, by the way, love that this is your thing. So I, the first episode I listened to of yours was with Mel and it was just so freaking beautiful. I was just like, Oh my gosh, I want it. It's so pretty. Honestly, being acoustic is the ability to show up as who you really are in your most authentic form. And I feel like that word is so trendy and cool and we throw it around. But I think when you have the ability to actually be and embody that person, like your deepest, like you always say, what's the stripped back version of you? And when I think about it is like, I don't really know how else to be. And whether that was, those were the cards that were handed to me because of a lot of like, weird, crazy things I've been through in my life, be it, you know, 
the drugs or alcohol or DUIs or just being in some really gnarly shit. Like, I think like the darker you've been able to go, the lighter you actually can go on the scale a little bit. And I think that creates this super acoustic version of you because you actually like don't know how else to be. Like, you're like, this is it. Like, this is the version. This is the version you get and you can love it or leave it, sister, type of thing. That's really what I think. What was like the pivotal moment? Do you remember in your life where you were like, oh, now I am living acoustically? Like, what was the moment? Because we've all gone through a moment. We were never like when I mean, I think about like when I was in high school and like early, early 20s, like I was trying to be what everybody wanted me to be, not my who I was. Exactly. You know, and maybe it's like an age thing. I just feel like, I don't know, probably in the last five years. And I think a lot of that did have to do with soul cycle and figuring out who you were. Cause you, you know, you think you have this version of who you're going to be. I joke with people like, are you the snapback girl? Are you the hip hop girl? Are you this guy? Whatever. I think it's just through the constant kind of like falling down, not getting it right. No, that's not me. That doesn't work. That doesn't feel good. It's like, after like getting bumped around so many times, then you like find your lane and you like, you know, your shoulders kind of settle down and you're like, Oh, this is what it feels like to show up and be all that I am. And this is freaking awesome. But I find it might be a little bit of an age thing. Like you got to grow through it a little bit to really be able to settle into that version of you. Cause I don't know if I would have wanted to be this like, really raw acoustic version of myself when I was 21. You know, like I think, I think when I was younger, I kind of, I feel like it was my rite of passage, you know, until I was like 27, I really was just kind of throwing darts and hoping that something stuck. So, I mean, I have a lot of, I have a lot of admiration for, you know, I feel like kids these days, like 18 to 25 year olds that are so self-aware and so sure of who they are. And I I have so much admiration for them because that's not me at all. That was not me at all. But I think that you're right. I think you do have to kind of grow through, you know, some of these moments that are altering, you know, they change you and they change you for the better in most cases. Yeah. I liked what you said about a rite of passage. I think there is this rite of passage to authenticity and and really knowing who you are, because like I say all the time, it's impossible to know what you don't know until you live it. So it it's a it's an experiential thing. It requires you to do a shit ton of living so that you can actually be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> like I'm awake. Right. I'm awake right. now. I'm here. <laughs> As you sit here now, you're what? You're 34. I'm turning 33 this year. Yeah, you and I are the same age. Yeah, I just turned 33. Where is like authenticity and acoustic showing up for you the most right now? Like in what areas of your life? I feel like right now I'm really on a very different journey than I've been on. I feel like right now I'm pulling the reins back a little bit and not in a bad way, in a more, what makes sense for Maddie? I feel like I, you know, I'm a Virgo. I'm an Enneagram eight. I, if I'm on a group project, I'll do all the work. Like I, I serve and give and give and give and give so much. And if anything, I think the journey that I'm on right now is really of like self-compassion and pouring back in, which has probably been more of an afterthought in my life than a forefront thing. 
and that's not necessarily, I would say, like a negative thing. I mean, I think a lot of the characteristics in that have gotten me to the place that I am in my life. But now it's kind of like you did all the things and a lot of the things you want and you're going to continue to do them. But how do we make it more juicy for you? Like, how do we make it more enjoyable and like just fun and like fun loving and like grooving instead of just like brute forced? Yeah. Like running, I'm an Enneagram eight too. And I feel like so much of my life has been just <laughs> like full speed ahead. Like yeah, just like, like, grind, a, do like, it, a, get it. like a tank. Yeah. Like a tank. Yeah. Just like keep going. Yeah. It's also such a testament to who we both are and what we do and the side hustles and all the things we do. We love it. Like it's just, it is so great. And then now I'm like, all right, so you've done all the things you did all the things and you're going to continue to do it. How can you maintain, how can you sustain, you know, like how do you do this forever and love it still and be in like the good, like, Oh, it's all working. I'm always like, yeah, it's all working, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> So what do you think the answer is to that? How do you sustain it? Lately, I've been doing a lot more like spiritual work, spirituality, really like digging back into my own faith. And I don't think I've ever taken a really far step away. But like this past year, you know, I, I couldn't go to church and online thing wasn't really my jam. So just really trying to like, figure out the things that make me feel really good. And the places that make me feel like recharged and I think it's just this journey of putting back in more so than ever. That's always been an afterthought. I want to talk about that. So you, cause you were raised what Christian Catholic, but you know, I went to school in Nashville. So like I've always dabbled in all of it. And you also have like the universe has your back. Like you kind of have, I do it all. Of, like, you, yeah, you take from all. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk about though, because I, I think that there's so many people out there that feel like, oh, well you can't be all of those things, you know, cause I was not raised religious. I went to, I say this a lot. I, I went to youth group a couple of times because there was a boy there that I really liked and I wanted to go and like, oh, I love that. Him. Like it was never because I was like, yes, Jesus. Like I was never, I was never raised that way, but I am very spiritual and I do believe in like a divine light. And I do believe that there is something divine that we are all connected to, be it a light source, be it God, be it a goddess, like whoever, whoever, whoever it is, right. Whatever it is. But talk about like that experience. I always use the example of like, when you're walking in the desert, it's a lot easier to get to the other side with water. And that's kind of like how I think of spirituality and God and Jesus and universe and whatever you believe in. I just believe there has to be something bigger than just little old you in this world, because I feel like in my darkest moments, in my saddest moments, in my craziest moments, in whatever moments, I am always relying on my own strength. And that is always like a spiritual two by four that smacks me. That's like, Maddie, this battle isn't just yours. Like it has to be bigger than you because like you are too little and human to like take it all on, like give it up. And it, it's so freeing and it's so powerful. And it, and I always say it can be a myriad of things. And I love one line that not to keep like quoting Gabby Bernstein, but I really love her line where she's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Jewish girl wearing a turban singing in Sanskrit, blah, 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 because it can be all the things it can be whatever 
whatever you need it to be. I think we really overcomplicate it by this like doctrine and this very like either Bible bumping or you've had a bad experience and there's a lot of bad press and all the horrible stuff with the Catholic church. I mean, there's always going to be the bad and negative stuff, but I think it's like, well, what do you need? What works for you again? And what fills you up? And like, re- it's like a resurgence. I agree with you. I was having a conversation the other day and it was all about this. And it sh- the girl I was speaking to was raised like very, very Christian, you know, evangelical, I believe it was evangelical Christian. And she's now kind of stepped into this more, the realm of spirituality versus evangelical Christianity. And she said, there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences. And the differences she tends to gravitate toward more because they allow her to be more herself. And that really struck me because I mean, obviously I've never experienced that because I was never raised in that church, but to feel like you can find something that allows you to be more you and still be connected to your faith. What a beautiful gift. Yeah. I mean, I think just as humans, we tend to overcomplicate things. And I think that I think it just has to do with like the way we like we think like religion has to be this super structured like thing, but it can be whatever the hell you want it to be. (laughs) I still go to a Catholic church down the street because I love the priest. He's not your average priest. He's like this South Boston guy. His name's Father Uni. And when he talks, he's like, we're talking about the book of Mach today. Like he's just so great. And he pulls a lot. (laughs) He works a lot with the sober community and he always pulls from the 12 steps and he's, he's just so rad. Like I go for him. I don't go to that church because I have to be in this house of God to believe this thing. I go literally for him because he fills my cup. And when I leave, I feel like I'm like, Oh hell yeah. I'm like down with spirit. Let's go. So I really just think you have to figure out what works for you. Like I'm down. I'm down for the spirit. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. What do you think like the last year of our lives has taught you like biggest lessons you've learned in the last year? Because obviously we both have businesses online and we've both built brands online. And so I feel for me that has grown. But there's also like obviously SoulCycle and other things that I like to do, like be connected with other humans has really I've had to pivot and and shift that a little bit. So where, like, what lessons have you learned a lot of in the last year? This past year (laughs) has been so wild. And I feel like I do this delicate ballet dance. It's like, be so grateful, be grateful for what you have, but then it still sucks. (laughs) There's so much of it that's still so frustrating and so annoying and upsetting and all the emotions. So I'm so grateful for all the things that I've put into place over the past few years that people either like made fun of or were just like, that's stupid because that's really what saved me and floated me through one of the toughest times of my life. I wasn't scared that I no longer was teaching soul cycle in the capacity I was, I used to, like, I, I just took away a lot of fear. I wasn't fearful. I was just more annoyed if anything else, especially when it came to just trying to show up still throughout the entire thing, I guess. You know, we hear this term like prepare yourself for impact, right? Like, like build something before you need it. Yeah. And I felt the same way. I felt like when everything happened last year, when it all hit, I had never been more grateful for a getting over myself, B 
really digging deep into my talents and the things that lit me up and the things I was passionate about and finding ways to create extra streams of income from that. I, I was annoyed. I was very annoyed, but I was also calm. There was never a moment I freaked out about money ever. Never. And that's such a blessing, right? And it's a, but that's what I mean by the blessing of like, I'm so blessed. I'm so grateful. But we also worked like three different jobs on top of everything else. So am I blessed and grateful? But I was, I still worked my ass off. So that's the delicate ballet dance. I was like, almost having this inner grievance or this inner guilt about I was like, why do I need to be so grateful? When I actually fucking worked my ass off? Everyone made fun of me. People drag me on Reddit. I became privy to that information recently. Oh, fun. Yeah, I've been absolutely torn down. People are horrible on the internet to me. And you know what? This whole time, for lack of better words, see, I was like, fuck them. Because I am going to live this life and create this life I want to live because I'm the one that has to live with, with whatever I don't do at the end of my life. Not you, not Susan, not Betty, not whoever the frig else. I have to lay my head on the pillow at night and be okay with what I've done. That has been really like an inner battle for me of like, yeah, I'm super grateful. I'm super blessed. And all of that. Yes. And I also did a shit ton of back work and all the back hours and staying up till all the different hours and being on calls and, and trying to do different things and throwing things at the wall. And so, so it's been a little bit of a mental kind of mind fuck. That's exactly what it's been. The last year, I remember, I mean, very similarly, there were multiple times where I would sit there and I would say, yes, it is a privilege. I recognize my privilege to be able to say, I'm okay. Yeah. I didn't need the unemployment that I was getting, but I put it away in savings because I'm my father's daughter and I was raised right. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I absolutely had those moments where I realized it was a privilege and I was grateful that I was able to stay afloat and all these things. And I said, well, you know, I better fucking be okay because the work that I've put in and the sleepless nights and the not being able to put my kid to bed because I was on a call or I was trying to like pitch something to someone about an idea that I had or, you know, being out of town for things that were important or just not getting any sleep and then getting up and teaching at 6 a.m. I mean, all of those things added up to the ability to stand tall last March and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I think it was very much, it's going to be okay. And I'm also really annoyed that the primary way I like to show up and serve that gives me a lot back to has been put away. And I think that was like the battle. Not, there was never anything like really bad or like, oh, again, I'm blessed. We're very blessed. We have that privilege and there were a lot of other emotions going on with it. And one thing was like, is you can feel all the things and you can be all the things you don't have to just be, this is something I'm working on right now. With my sports psychologist go figure. Cause I had to hire one of those <laughs> to be like, sir, keep me in the game. And something that we've really been working on is this slider between faking it. And I also needed a pick me up. 
that's really what soul has always been for me. This beautiful volley of energy where I feel super jazzed up as well, which I know we both similarly feel when we get on a call for money or Arbonne and we're like grinding and like, that's the energy you want to feel. But I feel like soul cycle always 10 X that for me. And also on a physical high level and not getting that was really tough. was really tough. Yeah. Yes. And I also went through a moment where I, I had to kind of figure out where I was going to get it from because I realized, and I talked about this on another episode, but I realized I, as an empath, because I am an empath, I am an empath and I'm an, an introvert. So I had that time that I got to drive to my class by myself and wake up in the morning before everybody else was a huge thing. And then all of a sudden COVID hit and I couldn't do that. And then it was my first moment of the day was Owen waking up and Breezy waking up and the dogs waking up and everybody being like, let's go. And I'm like, absolutely. No, that is not happening because I need my time. So that was a huge lesson for me is just learning to pivot and give myself grace, but also be able to set boundaries, even with my own family, which was a big one. A big lesson I learned is, you know, we hear this term a lot. I forget where I heard it first, but we hear it all the time of, you know, if you can help, then help. And that during the last year, I've realized like how helpful I can be to people who who really needed it. And that was like a, that was a huge blessing over the last year is being able to help so many people who had lost their jobs or who had, you know, gone through, even if it wasn't like a financial assistance, it was mental assistance. There's so many times over the last year that I was really grateful for all of the, the personal development work I've done because I saw people that really needed that. They needed that coaching. They needed that mindset moment. I'm sure you have felt very similarly being able to like stand there and be like you guys like it is going to be okay like being able to be that sounding board for people was a huge blessing one that I didn't realize that I would be able to do outside of soul cycle yeah I think that you know for a while I had been working on all the ways to be beyond the bike and the pandemic hitting was kind of that flick off the cliff for me like, then go do it, then go figure it out. And like, I launched a coaching program, which is now in its like fourth round and there's been 50 girls in it. And I'm doing all these other things. Like my goal was always like in the back of my head, Mads, you might not want to ride a bike forever. So start to like figure out how you can serve outside a tiny room in just Boston for 45 minutes. There's so much more that you can do, which is what led to the podcast, you know, where I didn't know shit from shit. And I'm ordering mics on Amazon and I just did it and just launched the program, built it out in Kajabi did like, I'm very much a like, just do it. And that for me, it's never been like a, something with holding me back or afraid of failure or whatever. I just kind of like go for it. And I think not having the soul is what then was the initial like push to go figure it out beyond the bike, like really go go really figure it out. Well, because it has to go somewhere, right? Energy doesn't die. 
energy just moves. And so there was like a moment where I remember sitting with myself in a, I was meditating and I just have this energy inside of me that I could feel like electricity. And it was a push, like exactly what you just said. It was a push where I said, I need to do something with this. I think like if you're out there listening and you kind of feel like you have something inside of you that has to go somewhere, you've got to send it. You've got to just put it where it needs to be, whether that is starting a business or, you know, going after a relationship or whatever it might be you got to just go for it. Because if it sits inside of you for too long, it starts to make you crazy. 3000%. And I think that that was the, that's a huge thing for me. You know, I've literally been so athletic my entire life. And then all of a sudden, everything stopped. So I was like out running half marathons in 20 degree weather, like maybe it's like to a fault for me, like, hey, how about you get still but I didn't want to get still like I have all those yoga certs. I know how to fucking do that. That's not what I wanted to do. That's not what makes me like zing to the moon in that moment. I was like, you got to move, you got to keep going, you got to, you got to keep on like you can't just lay down and make this like one big snow day like I saw fucking so many people do and start all these horrible drinking habits and all this horrible stuff. And I'm like, why is that the route you went instead of that way, doing all the other things to try to better yourself and be the best version of you with zero distraction. And I think I get that though. I also get that because if you don't have that mindset and if you're not, you know, opening Ed Milet and reaching out to Jay Shetty and then like, okay, let me pull the Gabby book. Okay. I heard Brene Brown did a thing and oh, there's that Ted talk. You got to be this, like, you got to turn yourself into like a seeker of this shit. Like this doesn't just happen. I think you know, a lot of people will message me and be like, how do you, how, how are you so confident? How are you so authentic? I'm like, I'm not necessarily gifted. I do the work, but I'm absolutely willing to find all the things like, and I, and I feel like that is a, that's a quote I've said before. It's like, I'm not phenomenally skilled. I'm phenomenally willed. I love that. Being a seeker of this information. And like when I have a shitty day and it's negative 16 degrees and I'm trudging to class, what's the first thing I'm putting in my ears? Okay. I'm going to put on, you know, that YouTube video where it's like Will Smith, like I'm going to die before I let someone beat me on the treadmill next to me. Like you got to find what works for you in different situations so that you can quite literally put one foot in front of the other to get, and all of a sudden you're where you are and your day is going. And then it's like an object in motion stays in motion and you're rolling with it and you're just going. Yeah. I listen to Eric Thomas when I start to feel like that. Same. I'm going to send you a ton of stuff. I have a whole like YouTube thing of like, exactly. It's like this guy, Ben Lionel or something. I used to play them in my yes. activate class you know, running through hell, David Goggins, like sometimes I need like that team thing. Like I want to feel like I'm on a football team. <laughs> For anybody out there, like you got to get to the point in your life where you are filling your head and your brain and your ears and your heart and your soul with things, only things, especially when you are walking through hell in your personal life or your professional life, whatever it be. Like, especially when you are walking through hell, the last thing you should be doing is filling your your being with more negativity. It should be only things that make you feel like a superhero because if it doesn't make you feel like that, then it is not serving you. Everything in this life either serves us or it doesn't serve us. There's no there's no middle ground there. It's either good for us or it's not. That's a hard pill to swallow. It just takes that willingness to really like lean into I mean, it really comes down to that. Like, I, I want to be better That in the business of constantly bettering yourself. Yeah. So what do you think your next 
like five years are going to be? If you have a vision for your next five years, like what's happening? The way I like to fantasize on that, you know, where are you going to be in five years? I like to think of how far I've come in the past five years, because that puts me in the energy of like, just how capable you are to make literally anything you want happen. I honestly can't say, Danielle, I, gosh, maybe in some cool leadership role, like helping new instructors and talking to them and not being scary, but being welcoming and cool and like just dope, like the cool old chick. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I would be cool with that. Yeah. And I would ideally love to keep growing all the online businesses and the podcast and I mean, my biggest passion is, is speaking in person. I love that, you know? So in five years, if I could be speaking on a stage, like I just watched Jamie Lee Kern, who created a cosmetics, did a big like thing the other day for her believe it book launch. And it was just like all the people I would just love to be in the same sandbox as whatever the next class of personal development, motivational speakers, whatever that next class, I have that in quotes, whatever that next class is, I'd be fucking so honored to be in it and just getting to inspire and reach more people than just this tiny sector of the country in this Boston, you know, just being living out loud. That would be cool. I have that same five-year vision. Maybe we'll be speaking together. I really hope so. That would be pretty dope. <laughs> pretty dope indeed. I want you to tell everybody about your your course that you created and then tell everybody about your podcast. Yeah. So I created Wicked Fearless. Basically, it's just a culmination of all my experiential learning and really just doing the market research on what people want and what people are struggling with. And I think a huge factor is that I struggle to be vulnerable and authentic and I want to be more confident and I, and I, and I, and I, so just over time and really listening and being vigilant of this female avatar that I, you know, watch and study I was like, well, what would she want? What is, what's the main thing that people want or seek out from me? And then I just put it into a tangible course with videos and journal prompts and all these things that just make you think outside the box and all the books I've read and, you know, the videos that like pump you up or leave you thinking and the TED talk, it was literally just like a jam packed, tangible gift that I could give. And, and it's constantly evolving. And that's really it. It's not, there's no sh bells and whistles. It's not like this big overcomplicated thing. It's just like, here's what I know to the best of my ability. I don't, I'm not like a doctor. I don't have any crazy certifications. Well, I, I, we've got a few and here it is for you to consume. And hopefully it inspires you into action. Honestly, that's, that's the, the biggest goal. And that was exactly what I wanted from the podcast. You know, how do I touch the lives outside of the 55 people in the black box of soul cycle for 45 minutes? Okay. I'll talk on a podcast and we'll talk about all the different nuggets and ideas and little like that comes up in the room, which has been super challenging this year, right? Because there's feel like the, the content's been a lot harder to pull out, but 
in that and through that challenge, there also has been such glowing moments for inspiration and getting people to the other side of this. So that's kind of it. Beyond the bike was taken. So I am very much mad stat still I die. And I went back and forth with that. A lot of like coaches and people were like, you need to change it to your real name. And I was like, well, fun fact, I have the same last name as Madonna, like the Madonna. So every anyway, Madonna, Maddie, Ciccone, Mad Ciccone, it's all taken. And so I was like, you know, I love when people tell you like, well, you should do it this way. And then in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just going to be the exception to your rule. Because just because it hasn't been done before, it doesn't mean it's not going to be done. So if I'm the 80-year-old Mads Tads, I'm taking her to the grave with me. I would be shocked if you ever changed it from Mads Tads, because I think it's just become so much a part of your brand, like your personal ethos. And I'm glad that you you kept it. Yeah, I went back and forth for a while. It was like a little bit of an identity crisis. <laughs> you know, I don't even have a real well, yeah, name. Because so. you're like, am I Maddie? Am I Madison? <laughs> Who am what I? What is my name? The girl has no name. Oh, like, you know, like, like very Game of Thrones. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. We don't need names. <laughs> like, what? Listen, I adore you. And I think I'm just so proud of you and everything that you've been through. And I know like we've walked a similar path over the last couple of years and you're a huge inspiration to me. And I tell you that all the time, but I'm just really grateful that you gave me time and gave my, my listeners time. And the fact that you gave me yours is really special. So thank you. Well, I mirror that. Trust me. I mean, you know, all of that tenfold from the very beginning and your kindness and, you know, all of it from WeHo to now. (laughs) Isn't it dope to just have like a great network of humans? Like I was thinking about this the other day, like I have the dopest network of friends. Yeah. Like the coolest, the truly the coolest. And it's always about the people, you know, we say that at soul all the time. It's about the people and the culture that the people bring. And I don't think it gets better. I don't know if it gets better than soul. And like, if it does, maybe that's the next secret sauce of like the biggest, best thing out there because our friends and the people that we know are truly the best in the world. Agreed. So before I let you go, we have a game. You've listened to an episode, so you know about the game. Quick fire questions. Okay. You have one minute to answer as many as you can. So I'm just going to ask you and you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to mind with no explanation at all. Okay. Ready? Mm. Favorite color? Pink. Favorite location? LA. Favorite person? Abby Wambach. Spaghetti or tacos? Spaghetti. Best vacation you've ever been on? Amsterdam. Best piece of advice you've ever been given? Be you. Best book? Spirit Junkie, Gabby Bernstein. Favorite time of day? Early morning. Would you rather go on a private jet or a private yacht? Private yacht. If you could interview anybody dead, who would it be? Frank Sinatra, Marilyn Monroe. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, You're going on a deserted island. You can take three things with you. What are they? A lighter, (laughs) a life jacket, a fishing pole. (laughs) Okay. You're going to eat, you're going to be safe, and you're going to have a fire. See? Great. You answered a lot. That was pretty good. (laughs) There were so many random women you said your favorite person. I was thinking like celebrity, like, I don't know, my dad would have been a good one. 
You're like Abby Wambach. <laughs> I'm a, I'm so weirdly obsessed with her. Like when she came to speak at SoulCycle, I like couldn't even sit still. I was it was I fangirled more than I've never fangirled. So yeah, she's dope. <laughs> if I'm at listening and I want to join your course, or if I want to come take your class, if I want to follow you, if I want to listen to your podcast, tell me all the things. Where can we find you? I mean, it's always just Instagram, like at Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. That's where it all goes down. That's where you can get all the info. DM me, stalk me, you know, the usual. I'm pretty wild on there. So hopefully it's entertaining and fun for everyone. And if you listen to her podcast, which I hope you do, it's Mads Tads Be On The Bike. Yes. Friend, thank you so much for being here. I love you. Thanks for having me. Adore you. Have a good day. I think my biggest takeaway from that interview was that you are in control of your life and you can hit people with a plot twist whenever you want. And as long as you're you and you're authentic, you are allowed to shift and mold and change as many times as you want and be really proud of all the work that you do to prepare you for the moments where things might get crazy. So again, thank you. Madison, if you are listening to this, I had so much fun with that interview and I just adore you. Go check her out, you guys, on Instagram. She said her Instagram handle is Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. You can ask her about her course. You can find out her soul cycle schedule. You can have a link to her podcast, which is Mads Tads Be On The Bike. Her podcast is awesome and very similar to this one. There aren't any, you don't have to listen in order. You can kind of pick a title and some of our episodes are a little longer. Some of them are a little shorter. So there's kind of something for everybody, but definitely go listen to that podcast. Speaking of fitness and SoulCycle, if you are a person who really wants to try SoulCycle, but maybe you don't live in a place where there's a studio or an outdoor studio, depending on when you're hearing this, a lot of the studios are still operating outdoors, but when all things are normal, we are inside. So if you're not near SoulCycle and you really are thinking about an at-home bike, SoulCycle does have one. It's through Equinox Plus. So you're not only getting SoulCycle, but you're getting rumble boxing. You're getting solid core Pilates. You're getting Equinox hit classes. You're getting headstrong meditation. You're getting pure yoga. You're also getting TB12 recovery. And I have a discount code. It's for $250 off. The code itself is actually very long though. So instead of just reading it out to you, if you go to our show notes at the bottom of the episode and you'll see the code there, you'll just copy and paste that into when you purchase your at-home bike. But comes with the bike, you get a screen, you get weights, you get a mat, you get all of the fun things. And then you can take SoulCycle classes and all of those other ones right from the comfort of your own living room. So go enjoy that. If you are just joining on the daily and this was your first episode and maybe Mads told you about it, welcome. Welcome to the On The Daily family. This podcast is not in any sequential order either. So you can literally pick any title that resonates with you and you can dive in and you can listen and you can go back and listen to episodes from before. We have been doing this since January. So we're fairly new, but we have quite a lot of episodes out so far and I would love to hear what you think. So you can find me at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can find the podcast at on the daily pod. Go slide into my DMs. Give me a follow. Tell me who you are. Tell me what you want more of, what you need less of, any guests that you want to recommend. If you are a guest that should be on this, like please slide in. Meeting new people and growing connections is one of my love languages. So I can't wait to hear from you. 
We can't wait to hear from you. This podcast could not be done without my little village making it happen. So we, I speak for all of us when I say thank you so much. We thank you. And we are so grateful for your love and support. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, review, all the things. And we will see you Friday for a solo episode. And then obviously another interview next Tuesday. We do put out two episodes every week. Tuesdays are interviews, Fridays are solo episodes. And we will see you soon. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. Bye.